You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. This podcast is entitled Duty and Power of the Church and is part two of three. When my cousin comes in from Kansas every year, we get into this huge argument the last two years in a row. He doesn't believe there is a universal church. He believed there's only local churches, and Jesus died specifically for this local church. And he died specifically for this local church, and this one, and this one, and this one. That's not true. I don't believe that. I believe the church teaches about, you know, if my brother who is, um, lives in Africa or wherever is being persecuted, I feel a sense of hurt. He's a part of the body. He's as much a part of the body as you are, Don. And I hurt, even though I've never seen him, even though I cannot touch him. I know he's there because we're getting letters from from magazines and emails and different places saying that what's going on and I hurt with them. But today I want to mostly focus on just us, our little body right here that has been called out. We're called out assembly is really what we are. And uh, so whether one hurts, we all hurt. If one rejoices, we all rejoice. Now what's the duty of the church? What's the duty of the local church? Just to come together and hang out on Sunday mornings from about 9.30 in the morning until 12, 12.30 and then go home? Is that it? Maybe some come back Sunday evening, some on Wednesday nights. What's the duty of the church? If you don't have a purpose in life, what's the use of getting up? I would tell you, a lot of retired people will tell you, I retired, I was excited, and then I realized one day that I don't have a purpose anymore. I found myself agitated and and miserable and always in a bad mood, and I had to find purpose in life. I really don't think the church knows what their purpose is. Not like we should. So what's the duty of the church? Go to Genesis chapter 1. It all starts right here. Genesis chapter 1. All starts with Adam and Eve. And uh, then we're going to do a quick little study here. Genesis 1, verse 27. According to these two verses, it it was Adam and Eve's job to rule, to manage and rule over the earth's kingdom and everything in it. Okay, so we see verse number 27. It says, so God created man in his own image. Now, if you're not a man and you're a woman, I heard a message recently that woman was taken from man. Before woman was taken from man, man was man and woman. Man still has some woman in him and woman has some man in him. It was a powerful message. (laughs) It was an hour long. The scriptures that this man pulled out of his 
his phone. He walked around with a phone. He preached from his phone. It's pretty amazing. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created them. And God blessed them and he said unto them, here's the first one, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. And here's a, here's a big word, subdue it. And then he goes on and have dominion. Over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and over everything that moves upon the earth. So, we could talk about all these things. But, first of all, let me just say, this is not part of the message, but fruitful and multiply. In my young days, I said, two children, that's it. I want to go on vacation. I want to have nice cars and a nice house. And so, we're going to have two children. It caused some problems between me and Esther. But Esther finally got it and we moved on in life. Now I look back and I'm like, I wish we had five or six children. I love children more today than ever before. Maybe it's because I'm a grandpa now. That's, anyways, that's fun being a grandpa. And so, um, God told Adam and Eve to multiply. Now, you know why he said, you know really what he was saying? Raise up an army because I got a job for you, Adam. There's an enemy roaming. And he's a roaring lion and he wants to destroy. And Adam, it's your job to raise up an army of of men and women to, to go against this enemy. You know, as a church... We've gradually slowed down to two and three. If you have four children today, it's a big, large family. You know how the Muslims are spreading? I believe if they're not the fastest growing, they are right next to the Amish growing at the same speed. They are multiplying. They've learned what to do to take over the earth. We didn't get that. I didn't get that. We need to get that as a church. We're raising children who will then be taught about Jesus and they will get saved and they will be raised up because we got an enemy to fight. This enemy is real. And we need God's people to step in and fight. And so he says, be fruitful, multiply, replenish. And this is your job, Adam, and this is your your job, church, is to subdue. Now, what does it mean? It means to tread down, conquer, bring into subjection. The root meaning for subdue means footstool. Bring this enemy down and step on his neck and hold him. That's our job, which we'll see as we go on. And not only do I want you to bring him down and step on him, make the enemy, your footstool, but he says, I want you to have dominion over the whole earth and everything that is in it. Now, if we go to Genesis chapter 3, we learn that Adam surrendered all of that God-given kingdom right over to the enemy. We know what happened. God says, Adam, you can eat of every tree in the garden except that one over there. Don't, don't, don't eat from it. 
But Adam did anyway. And through that process, Adam gave all that dominion over to Satan, the enemy. That's what the enemy was after. He got exactly what he was looking for. And then I want you to consider that from Genesis chapter 3 on, I want you to listen to me really closely now. From Genesis chapter 3 on, Satan has dominated the world's kingdoms. He has dominated the political system. If you wonder why the political system is in the mess it is today, look who's dominating it. Okay? He has also dominated the religious kingdom, if I can say that. The social, the economic, and the educational systems. Our education is in a mess today. And it's not getting any better. It's like, really? I've got an 8th grade education, and I know better than that. How can these guys in, in, in government, how can they make so, why don't they see the picture? It's because they're being dominated by the enemy. The Bible talks about this present evil world. The Bible also says Satan is called a god or a ruler of this world in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And lastly, in 1 John chapter number 5, verse 9, it says, And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lies in wickedness. Why? Because the enemy is powerful. It has been given it. It was given that power when Adam failed. Okay, B. In Luke 4, will you turn with me there? Luke chapter 4. This is the story. Jesus was in the wilderness. He had fasted, I believe, for 40 days. And he had just, right, right at the end of that fast, right at the end of his wilderness journey, and guess who comes to him? The devil. Luke chapter 4. It is in verses 5 through 7 that Satan offers to give the world's kingdoms to Jesus. This is really interesting to me because the devil knows quite a bit about this. And he knew why Jesus was, was there, at least to some degree. And it says in verse number 5, And the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And verse 6 says, And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is Adam delivered them unto me, and whomsoever I will give it, if thou therefore wilt worship me, and shalt, all shall be thine. Jesus, you see the kingdoms of the world. I'm dominating. In, 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 in. He's not in full control. We know that. But let me say, he's got a lot of influence. We know this because 
Satan came to Job in chapter 1, and he says, hey, let me try Job. And God put a leash on him and said, okay, you can go that far, but you can't go any further. So it's not like Satan has all control, but he is very, very much influential. And he's telling Jesus right here, just kneel down and worship me. Isn't that exactly what the devil had wanted from the beginning? What, what's in this guy? Why does he want to be worshipped so badly? He got kicked out of heaven because of it. And now he comes along and he's still begging to be worshipped. And if you will worship me, Jesus, I will give you all the kingdoms. I'll give them to you just like Adam gave them to me. You don't have to turn there, but in John chapter 18, verse 38, 36, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I would not be delivered unto the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from here. Jesus had his eyes on another kingdom And it wasn't the kingdoms of the world. He wasn't going to bow and give it up to Satan. Now, Jesus, if you would go with me to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28. I do want to tell you, I want to show you something. Jesus didn't gain back this power and he gave it to the church. Someone wrote, when Jesus died, he had ascended into hell and stripped Satan of all his power. Now God, once again, has all power in heaven and in earth. Um, I, yeah. Are you in Matthew 28, verse 18? It says here, and Jesus came and he spoke unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, we don't always take that verse into consideration when we read the next two, verse 19 and 20. But it's important for us to understand this morning that when Jesus died, he got that power back. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That doesn't mean there's not going to be physical wars. I'm thinking of the physical war where where they fought over Moses' body in the book of Jude. We also read about Daniel, I think it's chapter 10, where, where, uh, where Daniel prayed for 21 days. And he prayed and he begged God. And, and finally on the 21st day, there was a breakthrough. And that's when the angel showed up and says, it wasn't that we didn't hear your prayer, it was that we had to, whatever it was that was in the way, it was Satan. And, and we had to fight, we had to fight to get through this. To get to where you are. This war is still going on for the souls of men and women. But nonetheless, this power was taken away from Satan. And he says in verse 19, I look at this. Now church, now that I've got this power, I want you to go and teach all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And he goes on to talk, I will be with you. Forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. That power 
When I became a born-again child of God, I entered into the family of God. I became part of the church. And now that power is available. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.